a good saying is that the best camera that a person can have is the one in their hand or in their pocket. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Dive into the tips and tricks that you can use while exploring with your cat. They share the war stories, we celebrate the wins, laugh at the horror experiences and the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Hasara. And before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast on your phone, post it on your Instagram stories, and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest, Furry Munchkins Photography, to let us know that you're listening along. We'll reshare it in our stories, and we're really excited to hear your main takeaways and what you think of today's episode. So if you're like me, you probably take endless photos of your cat, either for your Instagram feed or to capture those precious memories. I've spoken to many of you and you've mentioned that you would love to learn a bit more about photography and how to improve the photos you take of your kitty. And because of this, I'm so excited for our guest today. Keith is the force behind Furry Munchkin's Pet Photography, a pet photography company based in Sydney, Australia. You might have noticed the amazing photos he took at the first Cat Explorer picnic. Personally, I love his photos due to their clarity and how he manages to capture the personality of the kitty, doggy or even horse that he's photo- photographed. And on top of that, Keith is a part of the Cat Explorer community, and as he has a cat who's training to explore as well. So I'm so excited to jump into our chat today all about photography and cat exploring. Welcome to the show, Keith. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. It's really exciting. Thanks for joining us. So to start, we'd love to hear a little bit about Furry Munchkin's pet photography. How did it get started? Yeah, so it kind of just happened. Uh, I started about two years ago when I first picked up a camera. Um, so I got that given to me from a friend. Um, and I was just recovering from surgery, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, but I really began just taking photos of landscapes back then. Um, it only took a couple of months after when uh, my wife Charlotte and I, we adopted two cats of our own. And like every new owner, we just started taking a lot of photos of them. Um, so I really, yeah, took a lot of pictures and just really went into doing that more and more and just started taking photos of other people's pets in order to. And it kind of just began from there. Um, felt that it was something that I really enjoyed doing, um, just the whole process of it all and just being able to look back at the pictures and I think I made a lot of people happy, I would like to say as well. So just from doing that. So I think it made me think that I could be doing more with that. So yeah, that's how it began. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I love how you say that it made people happy. I think um, pet photography and seeing like the photographs that you take, it just makes you happy. It makes you realize what that cat or that dog is doing and they just always look so happy. So that's really nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and like, um, I love that you're a um, cat owner as well. So tell us a little bit about your cats. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> we like to say that we only have two and a half cats, but now we have well, our half cat became a, a third cat. So um, we, yeah, we have three cats, um, Chai, Thyme, who are both um, a brother and sister pair. So we got them right at the beginning about, that was about a, a year ago. And yeah, they were adopted from the RSPCA and they were supposed to be just fosters. Like we were fostering them for some time, but we quickly fell in love with them and it was really hard to let them go after that. So we decided to adopt them. 
Um, so Daim is a gray tabby, and she's coming to about two years old now. Um, she's extremely vocal, and she just loves her food. So she'll always let you know that she wants to eat food. And she, we call her like the voice of all the other cats. So she makes it known like what everyone's opinions are. Um, Chai, he's the male cat. He's a bit more shy. Um, and yeah, but he is extremely like he loves pets. So when the other two cats are gone, you find him like chirping and just wanting pets. So he's really co- cute. Um, yeah, our last one's Evan. He's the youngest. He's about seven to eight months now, I think. Yeah, and he's a he's a ginger tabby. Um, and we we're only supposed to have him for one day, um, but he became like a foster fellow as well. Um, he was an orphan kitten, so he came to us really young, and we we just fell in love with him as well. We did try to adopt him out though, but. Um, no one replied, but I think in hindsight we're really happy that that's the case. Um, but yeah, he's he's just very spoiled and he tries to pick on the other two a lot as well. Yeah, so cool. So he's the smallest and he's picking on the bigger ones. Yeah, well, he's actually we thought he's gonna be a really small cat and we're hoping for that two and a half cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, he became really quite big and he's almost catching up. And I think he's like quite big now and I think he's going to be actually bigger than the other two so yeah and he's definitely like I mean even when he was a little young small kitten like he would pick on the others like he was trying to throw his his weight on them and stuff like that so yeah I think he's he doesn't he doesn't know what he's in for basically (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that and he's also learning how to be a cat explorer as well yes it's very exciting I think uh, we wanted to start at a very young age, just with regards to the other two. Like, um, I think they were getting older and they're quite scared about being outdoors. So I think we we decided, like, when Evan came in, that we wanted to do a lot more of that training and stuff like that too. Um, so yeah, it's been exciting. We've been taking him to um, parks nearby, um, and you know, just with the harnesses and like wearing harness and everything like that. And he's been pretty good. Um, it did take a bit of time, though, so, yeah. Mm. yeah. And um, have you had any challenges? So you just mentioned that it took some time to get him used to the harness. Um, has that been challenging, or are you getting there? Yeah, I think just with the harness, like, I think a lot of cats that we've experienced, like, would just be, like, turning around in their harness right from the beginning and not happy with it. Um, but Evan quickly got over that whole aspect. I think it's just being outdoors. I like to say it's it's a lot of training for us as well. Just basically when we're outside, we're worried about what people think because it's just like, you know, you go outside and you see these people who almost have never seen a cat in their life and they just stare from the distance. I don't know if you guys have experienced mm-hmm. that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so I think it's a lot of the anxiety of like, oh no, people are looking at us because we're weird walking a cat and stuff like that. So that was training on our side to be like, yeah, it's okay. And cats need to be outdoors as well in a safe space. Um, I think with regards to Evan, like it's just being able to walk um, well, just like in a, you know, uh, in the path and all that as well, but just recognizing that he's a cat and he does, he does what he wants. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just getting used to that. And I think just, we've been bringing him to the same park for some time as well. So I think it's just, him getting used to that whole environment and being around um, places like that. Um, challenges come when there's like people and 
um, dogs in the area. So we just try to stick to uh, an area that's not like well populated in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's it's so interesting that you mentioned it's a bit of training for yourself as well because yeah, we all get stared at. We all get <laughs> the um, weird comments of you're walking a cat. Is that a cat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I think because we're doing something different that's not as commonplace at the moment. So yeah. I think um yeah everyone needs to get over like get over that fear because we get that all the time and that's something that um Daniel and I have worked really hard on. I think now we're trying to embrace it. Yeah. And we have a giggle with everyone because I think um because I've had a lot of people try and take sneaky photos and I'll see them do it and I'll just <laughs> position myself I'll be like here you go you can take a photo of our cat yeah like it's fine um and I think it's more that educational piece but yeah it's um it's really interesting that you mentioned training ourselves with so much of it is training us as well as training our cat yeah. as well like and then there's also like training our, ourselves to understand our cat like the whole part about they're not a dog they don't walk in a straight line they don't walk on the yeah. path like they exactly. they're going to go eat that patch of grass over there or <laughs> sniff that bush or and I think dogs do that too, but I think as cat with cats we feel it a lot more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's learning those things. Yeah, that does take a bit of time on our part, but you know, it's it's all yeah. comes with the whole adventure of it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think also like we see all these cats who are like able to climb mountains, and you're like, why can't my cat do that? And then you realize <laughs> those cats have been doing that for years, and it's yeah. taken them training and conditioning to get up there. So one day, yeah. one day, baby steps. <laughs> Yeah, gotta start young, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so jumping a little bit back to like photography mm. and photographing animals, what's your favorite thing about photographing animals? Yeah, it took a lot of time to think about this actually, and I think that I find myself thinking about the whole like process of it. So um, from the start of just actually taking the photos, like that that does bring me quite a bit of joy with regards to doing that. I think it gets harder when animals don't cooperate or, I guess, act in the way that I would like them to, which happens, like, mm-hmm. more than 99% of the time sort of thing. So um, I think the greatest joy is coming up to, I guess, the whole outcome of it all. So seeing, in a sense, the end product and letting my clients and myself, you know, see the end product. And that's something that I really enjoy because um, I guess we really think about the story behind how we achieve photos together like that. Um, and it always is a bit of a laugh and giggle and stuff like that with related to that. So yeah, that's something I really enjoy the most. That's yeah, awesome. that's awesome. I love that you mentioned um, that our, the animals don't always cooperate because um, I actually um, went out to our community mm-hmm. and asked them mm-hmm. what their biggest challenge with photographing their cats are, and and like I, th- I think it was like nearly seventy percent of the answers was our cats don't stay still to pose for a photo or they like turn around or they like show you their butt because they're not interested in the camera. They want to go sniff something. Um, Do you have any suggestions on how to, I'm reluctant to say, how do you make your cat pose for something? Because it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to make a cat do what they don't want to do. But is there a way that you can encourage them to pose where you want them to pose? Or is there, do you have any tips for what to do if your cat doesn't pose? Yeah. Um, for a photograph I mean of course. <laughs> well yeah this is a I mean really good question from the community and I think I personally struggled with that a lot especially with regards to cats um mm-hmm. I think just with cats I want to like um yeah like I think that 
I would say like having a lot of patience is the most important thing uh, because as you guys know and the difficulty with just getting them to pose um, often with cats that are more I guess amenable to like doing commands and stuff that's always good so just sitting and staying that's that's usually quite difficult already like my cats can sit but they can't really they won't stay there for too long Um, I would say finding out what their biggest motivations are so just in terms of cats, like if it's food, if it's play, um, that's the main thing. So if it's food, you know, just getting them to, you know, just lifting like the, the food up just right where your camera or your phone is or just slightly above that um, and being able to take a quick shot. I know you only have like a few seconds to be able to do that. Um, other things would be like if it's toys or playing and stuff like that, you can usually incorporate that. So a lot of my photos of cats will have like ribbons and stuff like that in there as well, um, just because that's something that they really love to do. Um, just with regards to like a lot of cats respond quite well, I think, to like bells and all that. So um, so if you just do that a quick jingle and stuff like that. You can usually get a quick picture just as they quickly look at it. Um, cats also respond to any fast movement. So you do need to um, yeah do that quite quickly and then try and get a shot. Um, just quickly off that as well so yeah mm. that's so interesting because um we've been training <laughs> Lumos to stay so three weeks ago he could stay <laughs> but we've now lost it in three weeks like he's now <laughs> I'll try and make him stay and then he'll just come running to me and I'm like no <laughs> um but um so like what I find with our cats is when we're out and about, they don't necessarily stay, but I really like your idea about mm. using like a jingle because I think definitely for Noxie, who's very toy motivated, that will make her yeah. look at the camera. Um, but what yeah. about cats who you can't make them pose? Is that, Do you have any tips on how we can um, take a photograph of them while they're doing what they do? Like, for example, yeah. looking at something. Mm. Or... Yeah, I think that's, again, a really good question. And I think that, the majority of my photos that come from taking cats is like, it's really just not planning anything, in mm-hmm. fact. So I don't really go out, like just with my cats alone, I don't carry my camera around and be like, okay, this this is like 30 minutes that I'm going to set aside to take amazing photos of them. In, in fact, I just leave the camera close by and or, or phone close by, usually it's my phone. Um, and you know, if they do something silly or if they do something that makes me laugh or something like that, or, you know, that captures their personality, I quickly run and get my camera. So I'm doing that a lot. Um, and often I'll be like asking my wife, Charlotte, like, are they still doing it? Are they, you know, are they still sitting in that position? And she'd be like, oh no, you missed it. Or like, oh yeah, they're still doing that. And then I I just be able to continue that. And I think it's just that point where they're the most comfortable and, you know, just doing the, the things that they like that captures their personality but also is able to take the most natural and I guess playful pictures that um, is what I really like about um, cat photography in that sense yeah yeah definitely like um the I find the ones when I'm out and about with Lumos and Noxie it's just Lumos just he'll be fascinated by a bird or um, Noxie will be really (laughs) like she would want a pet and she'd be really happy and those are the photos that I find end up coming like out the nicest and at home, it's always when they're playing, so mm-hmm. playing for a ribbon or, like, a toy or, like, when they've had the zoomsies, they just get these, like, big eyes. And so then I try and keep the camera nearby around because they um get the zoomsies at – because I work from home, so they get the zoomsies at 10.30 every morning. I don't okay. know why. Um, and so I try and keep a camera because then they'll do something funny or 
something like yeah. that. So yeah, I completely agree. It's having that camera or your phone nearby and just like grabbing it and taking the photo. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly, and I think you you made a good point, Hasara, just about um, you know knowing the the so-called schedule and stuff like that as well. So um, you know if you know that they're gonna do something that you want to capture at about ten. 10:30 every morning. That would be really good to have your camera out. Then, um, oftentimes, like I kind of know, like when my cats, well, my cats are taking a nap and stuff. Like those usually make for really, really funny like positions. Sometimes they really sleep in a funny way. Um, other times, like when they're waking up, that's when you're gonna get a lot of pictures of them yawning. So that's usually a good one for kittens or any cat for that matter um, that have good teeth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's one. Um, a lot of pictures that you get of them like licking uh, and cleaning themselves are usually quite good as well. And that's usually after you feed them um, usually wet food. That's when they tend to do that quite a bit as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about the community knowing their cat, which they definitely do, and just being able to, um, I guess, just be casual about it um, and just let them do what they want to do um, in terms of posing pictures yeah you know that that becomes difficult in some sense but if you do have to do that like just using the the food like motivation and stuff like that as well or or play would be one big thing yeah yeah I can hear some playing happening in the background there (laughs) I was just gonna ask whether you can hear that that's that's Evan he's playing with this with his toy that has like a ball stuck inside like the ring so every time he yep. hits it like it's just gonna go in a circle and it just comes back and it's great we love that because we bought that from um just one of the supermarkets and like it's really cheap and he really loves it what the other two cats are just like this is the most ridiculous thing ever so <laughs> it's great I- I think I know what toy you're talking about. Noxie actually yeah. ends up wearing it, so she'll try and grab it, and then she'll somehow <laughs> go in the middle of it, and she'll be walking yeah. around with it. I'm like, I don't even understand how this happens. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and actually, another question that w- I I found this really interesting because this has only happened to me a few times, but a lot of people in our community reached out and said that when they get down to take a photo of their cat, <clears> their cat will come and like because they love their humans so much they'll get so excited and they'll come and headbutt the camera so they'll okay. be run straight through to the camera and um that like I think that's beautiful because your cat loves you and they want to show you love but that's I understand that's not the best for a photograph so do you have any recommendations of what to do there yeah again a really good question I think that happens quite a bit um and I would just say that I mean I try and unpack like what what sort of thing is happening because of that so Oftentimes, I think that that's because, like, I guess people have different scents and all that. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that their cats love them, which is very important. Um, but sometimes, like, I find after a photo shoot um, and I've just had all these dogs run around me and stuff like that, I get my shoes are really, like, they have all these dog scents maybe. So um, oh. at that point, I find, like, my cats, when I come home, they'll just be rubbing like crazy over the shoes so yeah. maybe that's one thing. So I think that's something important to note. But just using that would be pretty important, like having two people around. So I would say one person taking the photo. Um, and it's funny because that person, then the other person then becomes like the motivator. So instead of food oh, okay. or play, like you kind of use them to do that. So um, yep. I would say get ready for that person to be moving around um, and 
for the person having the phone, you know, just being able to take those like pretty can- candid and comf- like comfortable shots and all that as well. Um, but apart from that, like one of my cats are chai, like he really likes pets on a certain day. Um, so like getting, like he actually would sit and all that for you to pat him. Um, so that again, that becomes the motivator. Um, yeah. So the reward is a pat on the head. So if you could use that to get him to sit and stay just for a couple of seconds for you to take the photograph and then reward him with a pat, that works sometimes uh-huh. too. Um, but yeah, I get that moving towards a person that can be quite difficult. Um, though it would make for good like action shots where they do like a catwalk towards the, the camera in a sense. Yeah. And I guess we'll cover that a bit more later, I think, just in terms of like camera mm-hmm. sets and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that you mentioned the candid as well. Like um, sometimes the best photos aren't the posed ones. They're the ones where they're doing something completely unexpected and you just happen to capture the moment because you had the camera nearby. I think, um, interestingly, one of mm. um, Lumos and Noxie's most popular photos on Instagram is one of Lumos hissing because okay. he'd seen a dog and he just suddenly lost it and he just started hissing and um. I just happened to have the camera nearby. I just quickly took a shot. I didn't even look at the composition or anything. And I was yeah. really lucky that it worked out well. So um, that was interesting. Um, okay. And I think what you say about the motivator, that's something I'd never really thought about either is like understanding what our cats are motivated by. And it could be mm. some form of training where we train them to, they know that when they take a cam- a photo, they will get a pat or they will get some food yeah. or they'll get some playtime or something like that. So that's a really good point. So we've recently noticed, and I've this is something that I've recently learned about, but I'm sad to hear that it's been a trend that's been going around for a while where black cats don't get adopted. And while there are historical reasons where mm. for some odd reasons they might be considered bad luck or whatnot, the, mm. one of the growing reasons behind this is because they're not considered to be Instagrammable, um, which I think is really sad because um, black cats have these like the amazing personality and they're so beautiful. Um, what are your suggestions on how we can photograph black cats? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a very good point. I think that it's very sad. Um, I'm going to sidetrack again just with a story of mine, if that's yep, okay. Sure, go ahead. Mm. Yeah, so like we, we were, we do a lot of fostering at the beginning, a lot related to like cats and kittens. So at one point we had like five kittens and their mom in our house. This was going back a few months ago. Um, And one of them was a black kitten, um, which we obviously fell in love with a lot. And basically um, she was the only female cat and she was the tiniest and she was uh, a black cat. So we were quite worried after the whole thing that, you know, she wouldn't get adopted out the way that others would. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked to a friend um, who was working in the RSPCA then as well. And basically, she was actually saying like, oh, you know, like, it's funny because I think the black cats go out the fastest at that point of year. Because um, what happened was that the Black Panther Marvel oh. movie just just aired. So a lot of people, I think, were adopting and yeah because of the whole show but you know I I think the problem comes with yeah that's not going to be something that's going to be repeatable all the time obviously um so that's a very good point just in terms of photographing like black cats um so I guess in terms of that a couple of tips would be the the first thing would be that lighting is the most important so 
um, if you could have them outdoors, <laughs> and that's, yeah, not for everyone, but if they are going to be like cat explorers, that would be great. Um, but on a sunny day, um, with the sun is um, like low, would be really good. So that's either really early in the morning, um, what we call golden hours, so just like before or after sunrise, which is not for everyone, or before and after like sunset as well is pretty good. Um, so when the sun's low, um, basically like with the sun is behind the cat, you're shooting, like taking a photo of them. Um, it will be quite well lit in that sense. Or um, if the sun is right up in the in the sky and stuff like that, that looks mixed for pretty good um, pictures as well. Because then you see all the fur and stuff like that being quite well lit. Um, yeah, so... The main thing with photographing black cats is making sure that if you do have any artificial lighting, just make sure that it's not coming from the side. Um, if you have any side lighting that usually makes for, like, it just doesn't, like, you can get shadows or it just doesn't accentuate um, their features and all that very well. Um, often when it comes to a bit more technical things would be um, using, like, a off-camera flash, for example, um, that could help as well, um, just because, like, if they have, if you're taking photos of them with really the dark eyes as well, it just kind of goes, you know, you can imagine that it can be really difficult because you can't really see their eyes. So a flash would make for what we call good, like, um, headlights. So you can see, like, the, um, the white in their eyes just because of the mm-hmm. flash coming about. So that's pretty good, too. Um, I guess apart from lighting, a lot of it is just, yeah, just, again, capturing their personality. So... We all know that like black cats can be the most adorable cats ever. So, um, you know, just being able to take photos of that and not, I guess, not worrying too much about, um, yeah, about too much of the technical things, but being able to do what you guys do in terms of capturing the best parts or, you know, this again, the story behind the photo. I think that's the main important bit. Yeah, just regards to that. I love that you mentioned like capturing their personality. Do you have any recommendations or ideas of how we can set up photographs where we capture their personality, like not just black cats, but all our cats' Mm -hmm. personalities? Yeah. So I think um, this is actually like, this is actually a big question that I ask my clients to fill. Like when I ask them to fill up a questionnaire before my photo shoots, I get them to describe what their personality of the cats or dogs are. Um, So again, it's, it's hard because, personalities can be quite like it can be intangible it is intangible stuff so that can be quite difficult to see in a picture but I guess unpacking that a bit further so for example like one of the things that a person used to describe her cat's personality was that she's quite sassy (laughs) so like so you know it's asking her beyond that what what that entails so she's sassy like when she hisses because she's not getting food or she's very vocal when she's not getting food or she comes up to you and um and tries to I guess for my cat just thinking like she tries to jump up on you so that she can like get your attention or she bites you your ankles and stuff like that so I think those are things that help to describe a certain personality of that cat um and so if I were to take photos of that again no real rule to doing that but just being able to to take a photo, maybe example would be of my cat biting my ankle, for example. I know that can be quite difficult, but it's again just about being in that moment and capturing those things that help to describe their personalities. Um, yeah, I don't. It's hard because I don't think it's really like physical appearances, but how do you 
how you're able to use those pictures taking out the physical appearances or what they're doing to be able to um i guess explain their personality and i guess a lot of it in terms of instagram or social media is the again the story behind it so you guys do that very well in terms of explaining you know what's going on in this picture and um you know it's a lot about the emotions behind it um and explaining all that that people understand what the photo is basically yeah mm. Yeah, definitely. It's that storytelling aspect of it, like, mm. oh, um, my cat's on this tree because they love climbing climbing trees or we're really proud of them because they were able to get up on this tree because they haven't been able to do that before or cross a stream. Like so many cats now are crossing streams and there's these amazing <laughs> photos of them in the middle of a stream on, on a rock, yeah. which, like, it, I'm scared to cross the stream. So I'm amazed that all <laughs> these cats are able to do it and there's a photo of them. So like that kind of stuff where they're not even paying attention to the camera. They're just like candidly smelling a log or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. those are absolutely beautiful. Um, and talking about like taking photographs and things like that, um, what's your favorite tech to photograph animals? Okay. Yeah. So I really like having a camera. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, in terms of having a, a, a DSLR camera um, or mirrorless, so my favorite is having a, I have a mirrorless camera um, and that just means it's a bit lighter than having um, a DSLR. Um, and yeah, I'm not, not going to go into technical things in terms of that, but carrying around or lugging around a really heavy camera can be really difficult uh, when taking photos of um, animals outdoors. Um, so that's something I really like and having good lighting. So um yeah i guess just a plug like i got some of my lighting equipment from ebay that's just about a hundred of a dollars and you can come with like, like a really nice backdrop and everything too um and just two simple like softbox lights um can go a long way just in terms of taking pictures of your cats indoors because lighting is so important um other than that favorite tech would be um yeah like the lenses that i use so um i have a longer um telephoto lens so just able to for me to stand quite far away and just basically let my um, animals do what they want and just stand far away taking um, photos of them so that's where I take a lot of those candid natural shots because they kind of forget that I'm there which is really what I want <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome um so yeah like a tele like t- is it teleporter Wait, teleporter, that yeah. sounds like something from a magical world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but those, um, yeah. Yeah. So those lenses, they're the longer ones that so you can stand away from far away and still be able to get the shot. So, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty awesome as well. And you're right, like carrying a – because I carry a DLSR and it's really heavy. I tend to get yeah. neck pain because I've been carrying it around all day. So <laughs> These new um, mirrorless cameras that they're bringing out are quite amazing. And by mirrorless, they just don't they don't have a mechanism inside the camera that a DSLR would have, but they still take amazing photos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, but one thing that I found really interesting speaking to a few people is that buying new tech doesn't always mean that you're going to get better photos. It's how you use your tech, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, um. I think that this is an important point and I think just something that I learned from myself really early on as well. Um, so I tend to, I guess, yeah, I tend to think that um, people always tell me that, you know, tech doesn't 
isn't gonna like it is gonna make you better but you need to get better just in terms of learning skills um, of taking photos initially and that really just comes with a lot of practice and a lot of time spent taking pictures of like your cats and all that um so yeah I think my own personal experience was that I really quickly wanted to get the best gear and best equipment um, right from the start, ever since I had that idea of taking photos of pets. Um, but I soon realized that, you know, in terms of the, the cost of the equipment, it's probably one of the most expensive hobbies <laughs> um, mm-hmm. possible. And so, like, everything was adding up in terms of cost. So, you know, it made me, and I had my um, my wife explain this a lot to me, and she was saying, like, you know, you just need to do exactly that. And obviously, at that point, I just didn't want to, hear any of it because you know I just wanted to buy equipment and get better um but um funny story I did like you know took a lot of practice and took a lot of photos and I felt like I think I got better which is great but when I did end up getting more expensive equipment like the mirrorless mirrorless camera just expecting that um in terms of focusing and stuff like that would be a lot easier but yeah it really wasn't actually like um a lot of um the whole like um, what helped me the most was just um, the skill of you know taking focused shots and, and all that as well so um, with the mirrorless like there is one particular feature called like eye autofocus um, so what it does is it's able to to track people's eyes um, so I was really happy with that um, and I was like oh those will be great for taking photos of animals and stuff only to realize that that feature doesn't um, track your animal's eyes so um, yeah when they're running and stuff like that you can just still take a lot of blur shots using that feature so yeah, I guess just an example of how like tact isn't the most important thing <laughs> yeah mm, yeah definitely it's the time that you spend practicing and things like that um, yeah. and I have to admit like some of some certain members of our community um, I've been following them for a while and you can tell that they've been practicing and their photography is mm. getting better and their shots are getting clearer and and they're capturing their pets, um, their cat's personality a lot better now. And, and it's really nice to see that, that there's that evolving as well. But, um, but like, you're right, it's, um, sometimes we think new tech means that our photos are going to be sharper and stuff like that, but it's not necessarily the case. I'm um, talking about sharper photos. Like, do you, mm-hmm. if you're using a DSLR, um, do you have any suggestions on how to capture photos that aren't blurry? Yeah, so it. It all comes down to like the whole, <laughs> I guess, with the DSR having um, the whole like aperture, ISO, and shutter speed, so that um, I guess it forms like this thing called the exposure triangle. Um, so mm-hmm. if you just want to search that on Google and all that, that's really good explanation. There's some really good, very clear videos on YouTube as well that explain that a lot better than I can. Um, so I guess just a quick run through of the settings that I like to use, like. Um, just with the aperture, um, just making sure that it's the lowest, um, so the smallest number in a sense. So what that means is that a lot of light is coming in, so you can take, um, yeah, you can take basically photos that have very uh, shallow depth of view, and what that means is that everything else gets blurred out um, except your subject, which is your cat. Um, and that really makes for really nice photos that just focuses on their features and stuff like that. So that's one aspect of it. Um, the ISO that's more 
simply like how I like to think about it is like brightness or sensitivity to light. So that's something that you can bump up quite a bit in a sense that if you're worried about getting a really dark photo, you can increase that. Uh, one thing to note though is that um, you kind of want to have it on the lowest possible that your camera can take because the higher it goes, the more grain they have in the photo. So grain is like just these like pixelated things that you can see in your photo, which isn't great. Um, so just making sure to know like what your camera can handle. So some of them can handle up to a thousand ISO before getting even more grainy. Others can increase up to like 5,000 or even higher. Um, I think phones do pretty well um, on that as well, mm -hmm. especially the, the latest ones. Um, mm -hmm. And then you, with your shutter speed, just making sure that I like to use something like one over 1,250 of a second. So you can imagine that's super quick. Um, and that just for action shots. So if they're running around, that's usually a good one. Or if they, you know, the whole thing about how when they walk towards you, that's a good enough shutter speed to capture them moving um, at a slower pace, for example. Um, if they're just standing there or sitting there, you can have them at like, you know, one over 200 or one over 500 of a second. So that's an example. And I guess that's just a rough, um, yeah, talk about just the settings that I use. Um, I think early on, again, I went to a, a number of pet photographers and just asked them what kind of favorite settings they like. Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to just, you know, just figuring it out um, by playing around with the settings yourself and just seeing what works for you. I think with any different situation or any different kind of photo or specific photo that you want to achieve, that's usually a, um, something like that. So I think, yeah, just play around with yourself. I'm more, more than happy for you to to ask me further if you want to go through any more of that settings and stuff like that too yeah 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 definitely and what we might do is um we might put some of those youtube links in the show notes as well so you yes. guys can go and check that out because um i think for me personally like understanding that exposure triangle was a game changer it, like, for <laughs> yeah. example like if you open up your aperture more you have the opportunity to um have a shorter shutter speed because you've already got more light coming in and stuff like that and yeah. um but i think you're completely right. It really depends on your camera. It depends on the location. It depends about amount of light and what your cat's doing as well. So if your cat's sleeping, you've got a bit more leeway. But if they're like running around like crazy, you need to try and get as much light in as possible and have your shutter speed as low as possible as well. Um, yeah, exactly. And and like I like what you mentioned about how this um these settings are available in phones now. Like you don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to have this fancy expensive camera. You can do so much with phones. Like um, I was playing around. I'm going to get the a name wrong, but one of the Google Pixel <laughs> phones. And like it's just got yeah. it's like night vision um night sight setting is amazing. You can take a photo in pretty much darkness, and you can see your cat there sitting there that's in the dark amazing. it was kind of yeah. it was actually kind of creepy but um like that's awesome for people who go exploring at night because a lot of cats do that because it's the time when there's the least people around and stuff yeah. like that um do you have any suggestions on how we can optimize the features on our phones to take photos of our cats yeah I think I mean you you made a really good point Hazar and I think that again that's based on my experience like my wife Charlotte she has she has this pretty fancy phone as well like it has a pretty good camera in there um and really high like megapixels and stuff so it really takes like very clear photos um so i think we were out one day and we we're trying to take a picture of evan as he was exploring um the great outdoors and 
um, like I was really struggling with like my settings and then turning things um, to suit that that him moving so quickly and she just took one quick photo and it was like tech shop basically so I was like what and so yeah really good point in the fact that a lot of these phone cameras like you're able to have those settings um, involved and as the technology gets even better that's I guess that's the trend because a lot of people are using their phones to take photos that's what they have in their hand what's what they have in their pocket and stuff like that um, and a good saying is that the best camera that a person can have is the one in their hand or in their pocket and stuff. So that usually comes up to your phone. Um, mm-hmm. I guess just in terms of like setting wise, um, I'm not exactly too familiar with like um, phone settings, but as we said, like a lot of them, you can set like the aperture, um, the ISO and the shutter speed and stuff. So that might actually be a really good thing to do before investing like in our um in an expensive camera is just using playing around with those settings in your phone just with the shutter speed and stuff like that too which would be very good um other things would be like the portrait mode so if i'm not wrong like some cameras have the portrait mode Mm -hmm. and what that means is that the aperture is a very low number so as i said earlier just about blurring out the entire background and stuff so that's where you get a lot of really nice like focus shots on on your cat for example so that's something that yeah it's really um important yeah yeah that's awesome as well and I think um a lot of these phones now like for example the other day I discovered that my phone had all these different settings that I didn't realize because it went through an update and I think um my recommendation to everyone is just play around with them um and see what happens like just take random photos of your cat um, and for mo- like in order to play around with the um, settings like your ISO or your aperture or your shutter speed, you usually need to go into the pro setting in your phone. So um, in my phone, I have a Samsung and it says pro. I'm not sure what the iPhone has, but it's usually yeah. you need to swipe across or something like that or check yeah. your menu. Um, and there are also options in some phones where you can like set it up so that when you go on auto, it's using those settings too. So if you know that you're often indoors, you can change it so that that's the um, settings that's on auto. Or when you, if you know yeah. that you're often outdoors, um, that's what you can play around with. But it's yeah. you don't have to have an expensive camera to take a nice photo anymore. Like yeah. it's the technology out there is absolutely incredible. <laughs> like um, it's. Um, my husband, so Daniel's very much into tech and phones and stuff, yeah. and he um, was showing me some of the stuff that people can do with phones, and it's 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 beautiful <laughs> photos. Um, yeah, and I, and like even just on that, there's um something that I've read about recently is about like the Photoshop movement. So we all know about Photoshop being used to edit photos for magazines and like glamour magazines and things like that. But I've read that it's starting to spread to our cats. So what I mean by that is like people are using Photoshop to change the size of their cat's eyes or their ears or their tail. And one that I read about was they'd remove the belly flab so their cat didn't look as fat. <laughs> um, I Personally, I find the use of Photoshop on just people in in that kind of aspect a bit icky. But now that it's moved mm. on to cats and pets, I, that feels even worse to me. <laughs> but um, And it doesn't feel like it's the right use of Photoshop. Um, because I think our cats are beautiful just as they are, just as I think people are beautiful just uh, just the way they are. But I still also understand that you sometimes do need to use post-production to improve the lighting or something of our um, photographs. 
in um, programs like Photoshop or Lightroom or something like that. How do you feel about that kind of movement? And is there a way that we can use those programs responsibly to fix our photos up? No, that's no, that's amazing. Like I think that you know when I first got quite serious into like photography and just recognizing that every photo that I saw out there or like that people, um, I guess professional photographers took. And, and just unpacking that, realizing that a lot of editing went into it, um, like post-production and stuff like that made me feel at that time like a bit like really quite achy and, and like, oh, yeah, we can just put a rainbow here and like, you know, just put some stars there and stuff like that. And, you know, there's no way to know like in this the digital age that we're in, like if you're looking at a photo, you know, whether they're actually what, like whether something actually happened the way it did. Um, or was it just put in there to get more likes and stuff like that on Instagram? So it's 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 a hard one. I think with my personal opinion, like I I use these <clears throat> like post productions quite heavily, um, especially Lightroom. So Lightroom, um, just in terms of that, is something that is able to like increase brightness, increase shadows, and um, you know to the main things of just the basic settings and stuff, which is very really quite important just in making. A photo look a bit more in terms of color and saturation and stuff like that which i think is um is good to use in terms of photoshop that's slightly different like my personal opinion using that would be i'm not really okay making like eyes bigger or you know removing like belly flap and stuff like that like that i don't really use that for that but the main thing that i use photoshop for is to remove um like dogs and cats leashes so I think that safety is the most important with with um uh, with all my photo shoots, and so um I have them having leashes most of the time, especially dogs or cats that are not okay being um without them, um and well cats you definitely need leashes on, mm-hmm. um and then after that I think like I try to remove I remove them just to be able to to show like a, a really nice like focus just on the cat and the landscape and stuff like that. So that's a lot of pet photographers, like professional pet photographers, do that for that purpose. Um, others, um, yeah, I know probably wouldn't use that for um, the same things in terms of making their eyes look bigger and stuff. So I think it, it really comes down though to what makes, um, I guess, the person comfortable. Um, I know that, you know, like just recognizing that a lot of these photos or all of these photos are for our viewing pleasure. So just for us to look at it and be comfortable and happy with them. Um, I mean, the biggest advice would be, yeah, like have something where, you know, when you look at it, you remember what what was going on with your cat that made you laugh or made you happy um, and stuff like that. Not, not the first focus being like, oh no, I think I made like the eyes look bigger and that's something that I focus on and be like, oh, actually my cat's are, eyes are not that big, for example. So um, I think, again, just making making yourself comfortable with that photo um but using photoshop and lightroom to i guess remove any distractions um and all that would be yeah would be where i would use it for mainly yeah yeah that makes sense and so am i correct in understanding that lightroom is good for things like um adjusting brightness or adjusting the colors so that like for example either green looks because sometimes when you take a photo, the green doesn't look like what the green looked like when you were there on the day. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you can use yeah. Lightroom for that kind of thing. Or, like, um, something I sometimes use it for is because our cats might be in the dark in a shadow, so yeah. I might try and brighten that up a little bit. Um, 
it's and like whereas Photoshop is for like more editing the photo, like removing leashes or mm-hmm. a dog in the background. Or once I used it to remove a cup that looked really bad <laughs> in a in a photo. So, but like yeah. so that's kind of how you use it. Yeah, exactly. So like Lightroom's more of the the basic like workflow that all my photos will go into, and um, Lightroom is also a really good um, software to be able to like um, rank your photos. So right from the beginning, when my photos come into my computer, they go straight to Lightroom, um, and I sort it out using that program. Um, other things I'll do is flag them. So I'll basically go through a process of picking which photos I I say yes to and those that I'm like, uh, blur, no. So reject them quickly. Um, and then after that, I go to this star rating process. So like one to five. So for example, like you start off with like three stars, for example, that's something that works for you um, and then go up to like five stars. So it's a lot about culling photos. So removing the ones that you're not too happy with instead of being stuck with like um, tens of thousands of photos just from that one session. So yeah, that's something that I use Lightroom for. Um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, basically increasing shadows and um, I'm sorry, getting rid of shadows and stuff like that. It's pretty important. Um, so I guess on that note, um, taking underexposed photos are better than taking overexposed photos. So if it's too bright, it's very hard to correct um, the lighting in post-production but if you do like a slightly underexposed photo you can just in Lightroom or any other like editing software just increasing like the brightness and um, exposure mainly and increasing the shadows uh, removing the shadows basically yeah yeah that does make sense and so um Photoshop and Lightroom I believe there are phone apps for them now as well but they're mainly used on the computer but there are options of um, apps that you can use on your phone as well like two of my favorites is um, VS Co and um, Snapseed. I find them yeah. quite useful. Do you have any favorites? Um, yeah, I think I've, I've definitely heard of those too. And then I do know that that's Lightroom on there too. So I think I would say Lightroom, but I don't often edit a lot on my phone. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Yeah. that. Um, I think that's just, those are options for people who just want to do it on the go. Um, you don't have as yeah. much um, flexibility as you do with, the computer programs like Lightroom and Photoshop, but um, I find them useful occasionally when I just want to do a quick edit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like just like brightening up a photo or things like that um, that I haven't noticed um, beforehand. Yeah. But like talking about brightening up photos and have um, um, focusing more on uh, taking underexposed photos, what kind of things should we look into when we're taking a photograph? of our cat like particularly looking at the scene or the background and stuff like that yeah so um really about making sure that there's no like crazy distractions in the background um so (laughs) i took a i took a photo of this like family once with a horse um and i was really happy with the photo only to realize that there was like a garbage like like you know like a bin in the background Mm. that I really struggled to use Photoshop to remove like it was so hard so like I spent quite a lot of time doing that um but yeah I think it's making your life a lot easier by making sure like even if you just um turn in a certain way and just angle your phone or camera in a certain way just avoiding the um avoiding that would have saved a lot of time and um, effort basically so I think making sure that 
you don't have that many distractions in the back. Um, so as I said, like with a lot of the photos that I take and um, I think a lot of pet photographers do would be just the, making the focus on your pet, your animal. Um, so yeah, just making sure that there's no harsh lighting. Um, so if you take a shot um, of the sun behind you that's really high, you get a silhouette as well, for example. So just avoiding that. And I think that's something that you can see quite easily when you take a photo on your phone, just the instantaneous, like what it will look like um, is pretty important. But as I said, I think the distractions thing is the most important, making sure that there's no like really like red or, you know, very colorful subjects in the background that you don't want as well. That usually becomes where the audience turns their eyes towards focusing on as well instead of the subject, which is your adorable cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that'll be the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um like also the color, like I've something I picked up is the color contrast because I mm. um there's some beautiful photos of black cats on online on Instagram and stuff where yeah. they're actually in grass and I find that they really pop yeah. in grass. Um and I've found that like Lumos and Noxy Lumos tends to pop in trees like when he's in a tree because he's white and then the tree's brown so like it's just I think maybe a bit of a contrast as well maybe just so that kind of helps your cat stand out a little bit but then of course you can't always be like oh I'm out and about I want to take a photo of my cat but my cat's (laughs) like blended Mm -hmm. in with this background you can always still work around that as well yeah I think that's a that's a superb point like just the the color contrast and thinking about the tones that match and what's pleasing and stuff like that um, it's very, very important, like you said, so like black cats and like, for example, like uh, green and grass and like white and all that is pretty good too. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, actually, um, something that um, I've been learning with Lumos and Noxie are very white cats. So um, I find that they tend to get overexposed while the rest of the background is underexposed. So that's something right. that I'm learning with playing around with settings and stuff. So yeah. I think it's always just something that you just learn with time as well like we mentioned before um yes so like i i did a bit of googling in preparation for today and i wrote um what i googled was how to improve your photography with your cat and one thing that popped up a lot was about composition what really what does composition mean in photography and like do you have any favorite composition rules that you use I'll let you in on a secret, Hasara. Like, I had to google it too <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the answer like yeah i guess composition and this is a working definition um is basically like how objects are placed in a work of art so i guess when it comes to photography it's being able to arrange those certain like different elements and stuff like that um to make sure that um the goal of your work as they call it would be the best so this definitely differs when it comes to like landscape photos like what do you want to achieve in that in that picture for example that you take so um, you want like in a landscape everything to be tech sharp so basically all the settings that I said throw it out of the window for example and um, when it comes to like pets like the composition that I like in a sense to do would be as I said focusing a lot on the animal itself and blur everything else out obviously this changes when you want to see them interacting with the environment and stuff like that so yeah that's um that's really interesting um one thing that I've learned with my photography like the photos I take is because like we were talking about before you have to be really quick because our cats move around really quickly so I find that like for example if we're on a beach 
the horizon's always really crooked. So that's I always I'm a bit OCD, so I always try and straighten that out in um, Lightroom yeah. because yeah. I get really distracted by that. And um, when I'm not photographing cats, I've like for example, like I like photographing um, figurines and stuff. I always use the um, rule of um, I think it's rule of one third. So you kind of yeah. break up your screen into the th- thirds on both ways and try, yeah. um, place your focus point in the third. But I find that that's not the best for Instagram because when Instagram just chops off. It just shows you the square, so it doesn't really look yeah. that great. So I don't really use it for that anymore. But for other photos, I do use that. But, yeah, um, those are my favorite composition rules, anyway. <laughs> no, that's good. I think, um, like, yeah, you did ask the question about like favorite rules, and that the rule of thirds is actually one of my it's one it's my favorite that I use a lot in my photography. But yeah, I do know what you mean. I kind of like laughed at just with regards to the fact that, yeah, Instagram makes you do like a, a square photo, for example, and that a lot of my photos end up being in the center, like the, the animal. And I'm just like, no, it's gone. Like the rule of that. But I know one of the biggest rules, like if you search something like composition rules, like one of the biggest rules is that there are no rules. Like you can break any of them at any point, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Um and yeah, I think the rule of thirds is just um, a lot of, I guess, people's perception. Like when they look at a photo, they tend to focus on that, on that third point. So um, if you draw like two horizontal and two vertical lines down the, any photo um, where the intersections are, that's usually where people focus um, initially and the most. So having um, like your animal um, in those intersections tend to make for a more pleasing picture. Uh, yeah so that's something that people want to do too yeah Yeah. and like talking about like a pleasing picture I suppose like when we're walking around with our pets we see them from our eye level so we're always a lot taller than them um even when you're as short as me (laughs) but we have this tendency to take photos while we're standing up and looking down at them and stuff but I've read um that it might be better to take a photo from their eye level so seeing it from their perspective can you explain what that actually means and how we could go about doing that? Yeah, I don't think I'm a lot taller than you, Hasara, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that this is probably one of the most important techniques to use um, in pet photography. It's probably one of the big things that for anyone starting out and taking better photos of their pet, this is one, in a sense, simple thing that they can adopt and do that would tremendously increase their photos, uh, like quality how pleasing it is and stuff like that it's just really getting on that um on that aspect of being on eye level with them i think um is the whole thing about wanting to see what they see from their perspective and just being down low so there is such a stark contrast between taking from the top and um taking from their eye level for example so i think yeah no other way than to say like yeah you need to be comfortable being prone on the ground uh, next to dog poop or stuff like that and I did that a lot <laughs> and <laughs> mindful just watch where you're proning or like you know where you're lying down on um, but yeah it's a lot about getting on your knees and stuff like that too and just being willing to get um, gross and dirty as well um, so because those pictures really do make for a lot better um, in terms of um, yeah the way they turn out um, yeah and I guess another thing on that note is, like, for me, thinking if if they don't go low, then you have to go high. Like, sorry, if 
it's either you go low uh, to be on the same level as them or they have to go higher up. So um, for cats, that's why I like to have them on, like if they're comfortable, having our fellow cat explorers on trees would make for really nice photos, for example, just being up on that eye level um, with them. Or um, I know that we took like the center photo shoot, for example, um, what we made sure of was that we had um, like a, in a sense a stage or a bench so that everyone's higher up. So I didn't really have to be prone on the ground. So I was very thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of pet photographers joke about or photographers joke about having um, like knee pads under their jeans, for example. <laughs> like I used to laugh at that so much, like initially, but after like a three-hour photo shoot, for example, I'm just like my like knees were all like scarred and stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah, you know, maybe you should invest in some knee pads. <laughs> but yeah. One of um, my favorite tricks to do is to actually take the camera off my neck and I just kind of hold it just um, hovering above the ground. It's um, taken me some time to um, do that on level. So, like, sometimes <laughs> my photos are really crooked. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think it, it, it's a bit of an art to it, especially, like, with your phone and being able to, to press the button while, while getting really low and stuff like that too, or, like, having the phone really low. Um, but I guess that's, uh, in a sense, the beauty of, like, post-production where you can – you know crop things out or you can make them level and stuff like that so yeah yeah definitely and I found um I'm not sure about whether this is the case with a lot of phones but I find that my phone I can actually take photos with buttons on the edges so um perhaps like other phones can do that and I've also found a good trick with my phone is that I actually flip it upside down so that the camera is actually on the bottom like closer to the ground so that Mm. makes it a bit easier as well um but those are just tricks that I like to play around with when I use my phone that's awesome. Um, That's really good. Yeah. And the, I find the phone is a lot easier if you want to take a close photo. So sometimes Lumos will be sleeping and I'll get right in his face. He probably doesn't appreciate it, but <laughs> it's better than having the big camera in his face. He'll I know, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm guessing um, a lot of people, well, I hope a lot of people are like me because I think I drive Daniel a bit crazy with this because my phone is just full of photos and videos of Lumos and Noxie. And then we, like, we've got like four or five external hard drives that are just full of cat <laughs> photos, not just of Lumos and Noxie, but of my old cat as well. Um, and over time, I haven't always been the best with how I manage my workflow with my um, photos and things like that. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to manage our photography and video files so they don't like crash our clouds or our devices or our hard drives, <laughs> which is happened? All of which has happened to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's funny because this, yeah, this definitely strikes a chord with me. Like um, having really experienced just like this was before I actually got off with the in terms of the pet photography business. But um, yeah, just my like taking a lot of photos of my cats when they're growing up, like try and time, um, and then only to find it a few months later, like one of my external drives with all the photos just crashed and couldn't be recovered. Like that was really quite, yeah, that was quite, yeah, it was really difficult. Um, and then, you know, I went on to buy another cheap external hard drive thinking that I could, um, I guess, replace that. And I took pictures of Evan, like our um, latest edition, and 
that one crashed as well. So there goes his baby photos. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a very like it's very important to to just know that you know again again along the whole lines of like don't trust your tech <laughs> to to that extent. But um, I definitely do know what you mean about having a lot of photos in your phone and and driving our significant others like really crazy and stuff. So um, a, a good rule that I've been um, I guess researching and and learning about is called this three, two, one rule. Um, and that just means, I know it's gonna sound really like OCD, but the three is comes from having three different backup files. So you need to have um, a total of three files um, of all your photos, which you can imagine is pretty crazy. Um, and then two means having them in two separate storage drives. So either external drives, your, your phone um, or your laptop and stuff like that. So two different places. And the one stands for having it off-site. So it means either in cloud um, or it means to have an external hard drive like somewhere other than your house. And I think this is more for if you have any like fire or like um, natural disasters and stuff and your house kind of goes. And and I think that's, yeah. yeah, that's quite important to a lot of people, especially overseas and stuff like that. So um, that's that's important having one off-site. Um, I think just... My take on this is, yeah, it's going to be hard if you have many different external hard drives. I've tried to keep it to the minimum, meaning that I've gotten like bigger hard drives. So now I think just in terms of technology becoming better, like there's all these like different like thunderbolts and speeds and stuff like that that you can get for your hard drives. But um, just to make this transfer quicker. But for me, I just go with the cheaper ones. <laughs> I've obviously learned my lesson here, but like cheaper ones with bigger storage. So I've spent um, on an eight terabyte about 200 uh, Australian dollars, which is pretty good. Um, and the only downside is it takes forever to transfer. But even by then, it's like three hours to transfer, you know, like two terabytes of stuff over. It's pretty good. Um, and I just leave it, like the computer on um, when I'm out and stuff like that and come back to switch that off. So um, it's really good if you're not too worried about getting those photos backed up instantaneously, which I don't. Um, but yeah, I think the main takeaway is just backing up your stuff that's important. Um, and a lot of post-production stuff like Lightroom and um, yeah, it's just about having to, to sort things out really well. Um, so just having them in different folders and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of, people have different thoughts about this because some people like myself are afraid of deleting like photos that aren't very good um but yeah i think at some point of time you need to do that just to clear some space um if not there are all these different like hard drives that are going for cheaper as well so um the main takeaway with the external hard drives that i've lost is that um i've thought them to be they are portable, but I've carried them around. I haven't dropped them or anything, but I can only imagine that it's like when I place my bag down and they've got some internal damage, apparently. Um, one note is that recovering them probably costs the same price as like five of those external hard drives. So you're always better off buying more storage at cheaper than risk losing all those photos, I would say. Um, a lot of cloud, um, I guess storage is really good as well. So Dropbox is a good one, but I think you have to pay like membership, um, like monthly fees. Um, again, I guess that goes a long way. Um, and, you know, just being able to transfer your files there just for more storage, like paying more to get more storages. Yeah, pretty important. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Like that, um, all of what you've just said just really hit me. So I um, lost a hard drive, which had, so Tabby's my old cat who I had for 23 mm-hmm. years. So it had all her photos. It had all the photos from my late father as well. Oh, no. And like, we just lost this hard drive and we were really devastated. And, um, yeah. and it was a terabyte hard drive. So it had a lot of stuff on it. So then we actually yeah. paid for it to get retrieved. So we got most of the things back, which was amazing. Like we didn't get everything, but we got most of it back. But that was really expensive. It, you're right; it cost mm. like five hard drives worth. Yeah. Um, and that three, two, one, that that rule, that idea is it's such a great idea. And I think um, we all think, oh yeah, we wouldn't have a natural disaster happening in our home, mm. but um, it's in it's December in um 2018 in Sydney and um we just recently had some crazy storms to the point yeah. that my husband's head office's um car park and basement was completely flooded and um right. they lost all, a whole heap of um storage and also like cars and things like that and you'd think that would never happen but it did yeah. so um those things really do happen it sounds crazy when you think about it but yeah it's it's a good way to think about how to um store those photos and video files that actually end up being quite precious after after a while so yeah that's pretty awesome I really like that idea um and so we're coming towards the end of our podcast and we've got this fast four questions that we ask everyone that comes on the show so um the first one is um what do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with their humans yeah um I really want to be able to see it um get a lot better i want more people to i guess be more aware that taking their cats out is okay and actually really good to do (laughs) so um i firmly believe in being safe while giving you know like cats the space to go out and that's where a lot of what you you guys are talking about about like the cat explorers and um giving your cat the world i think that's very very key and very important and um, doing it in a safe way because you know they're dogs and all these different things out there and you know they we just want them to be safe but have time to explore and, and see things out there as well yeah yeah definitely like the opportunity we have this opportunity to give our cats the world and this is one way we can do it if they're open to doing it that way I completely agree with you yeah um what's been the most entertaining comment that someone has said to you while you've been out and about with your kitties well I've definitely got a lot of those like oh wow is that a cat or like you know those sort of comments where you you start to think like have they ever seen a cat um but I guess maybe not outdoors and definitely not on a leash so uh, I give them that but um one of it was when we were in the lift and like Charlotte and I we had Evan in the in our backpack um and I think a lady just came up to us and yeah, she saw that it was a cat, and then she was, like, thinking to herself or, or voicing out loud, like, okay, like, what kind of cat it, would it be? Like, is it a Bengal? Is it, like, a ragdoll or something, like, um, quite unusual? And then she kind of just gave this comment, oh, it's just a normal cat, like, because Evan's a domestic short hair. Um, so she, she kind of just said that, well, she said it in Mandarin, and, like, it no. sounds funny uh, in Chinese, in a sense. Uh, and we're just like, okay no he's actually really really special to us <laughs> so we're kind of offended I mean that's that's yeah but we had a bit of a laugh about that I guess yeah <laughs> so she might have not known that you were understanding everything she was saying as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <probably not. laughs> yeah I think it's really interesting like that um people say oh is that a cat 
But I think um everyone gets it like because it's not something that's seen that often. They get a bit shocked and they're like they start saying out loud what the thoughts that are going through their head. So he's like, that's not a dog. That's a cat. It's on a leash. It's outside. <laughs> and it just sounds funny to us because we're like, yeah, it's a cat. It's outside. It's on a leash. Yeah. This is something we do all the time. <laughs> yeah. In the brain works. That's quite funny as well. <laughs> Actually, we were um, we went to um, Bunnings, which is a hardware store in Australia last weekend. And um, we had Lumos and Noxie in the trolley. We were just taking them out. And then this lady was on the phone and she was like, I could just see her whisper. She's like, oh, my God, I have to tell you, there's a cat in a trolley in Bunnings. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love hearing the um, comments that people hear while they're out and about. (laughs) Yeah, definitely makes us stand out. And I think that, like, we are people that, you know, like to, you know, just fade into the background and, like, not, not be so, like, out there and be seen and stuff like that so I think taking taking our cats out is quite challenging at times I think as we said you know just with regards to to people thinking or noticing us a bit more and stuff like that and I think that you know um just with regards to I guess the future and I think um with the community of you guys like you guys growing and supporting all that as well is so important because then I guess it's not just um in terms of the community like cat explorer community but also educating people who are not um, having cats that go outdoors to just understand that it's okay and that there's no stigma or anything negative associated with bringing your cats out and we're not crazy doing that yeah 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 definitely and the whole education piece of this is how we do it it's actually safe mm-hmm. and we're very careful with how we do it and understanding what other people can do to support us that way so like not have an off-leash dog run up to you while you're holding your cat or um yeah things like that yeah definitely I definitely agree with yeah. you so who are your favorite accounts to follow on Instagram and why? And yeah. they don't have to be Cat Explorer related. <laughs> okay, cool. Because I was actually going to really say you guys. <laughs> Cause Thank I, you. And, oh, and the adventures of, um, yeah, <laughs> it as well. Like it's very entertaining reading what I see of that. And, you know, just especially like reading the comments um, of like what people are sharing um, just with the things that you are as well. And, you know, just reading people's um, struggles and, you know, just makes us feel like we, we know that we're part of that community too. Um, and, and just recognizing that people feel the same way and that's okay. And doesn't mean that it's um, enough for us to like, just give up and not do it just because I guess it's, it's difficult. Um, another account that I like would be Tomon Hajime. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, uh, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of photos for her and Yubi. Um, and her other cats and it's been amazing and they're just such adorable and gorgeous cats and we've become quite good friends with the owner as well and she's lovely too yeah I definitely agree they um came along to the cat explorer picnic so we were really lucky to meet them and I'm sorry everyone you can hear Lumos meowing in the background he wants some attention um so what product service or program has been a game changer for you with your kitties yeah um I, yeah, really thinking hard about this one. I think um, in terms of products, like we tend to buy a whole host of different things. Um, we early on we got this no bow feeder, um, and what that is is exactly what it describes, and that's just like different. So you buy it for about hundred um, uh, USD, um, and it is basically like ten mice, and you can fill them with like 
um, like dry food mainly, like biscuits, um, and you just hide them around the house. Um, and that was really good for us because it encouraged them to, like our cats, to hunt in a sense and, you know, do things that enriching. Because being indoors all the time, that can be fairly, un, un, like, not very stimulating. So that was really good. Um, so they have, I think they still continue to have a lot of fun with that. Uh, like we just find it actually a bit challenging for us, like having to find the mice after they like, because <laughs> they don't leave it in the same place. They manage to like hide it themselves. So they are playing hide and seek with us, which is great. Um, yeah, um, the cat it products have been quite good. So we've like, um, Dime like, loves to drink water from like fresh water from the tap. So we've got the cat it water fountain that we thought would work quite well which it does but she still likes to go to the tap so yeah in fact Evan likes to use this water fountain a lot more um yeah and I think just with program again you guys I'm not trying to be biased here but you guys are great (laughs) and yeah I think it came down to you know like we are still looking for like a really nice like cat backpack for them um for Evan mainly um and what we didn't do was to ask you first so we went to like ebay and got like this the cheapest one and something that looks like what you guys are using and we got it only to find that it's smaller than evan even after Mm -hmm. we measured everything so we had to return it and stuff like that so um afterwards going on to your your blog on um just the backpacks and your reviews on every one of them and based on the community and what they said like yeah we really found it very helpful in terms of figuring out what we want so we might end up with with one of them (laughs) yeah oh that's awesome I'm so glad that 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 was helpful but the backpacks situation like if it makes you feel better we bought two we're really (laughs) excited about it we measured it out we thought we had it right we checked the weight we checked tried to check our cat's height which is a bit hard as well because they don't really let you measure them and yeah Lumos was too big for the one that we initially got so we had to get a bigger one I think that's um quite common which surprised me because you, you don't like dogs are big you you expect that from a dog but you don't really expect that from a cat and to find that a lot yeah. of backpacks are too small like so many of the cats in our community are outgrowing their backpacks which is yeah which is a challenge that I never really envisioned mm-hmm. and now going through it I'm like oh well yeah that's something we need <laughs> to keep in mind <laughs> yeah definitely I think that is a big point because I mean um a lot of cats are getting better being outdoors and I think a lot of the, the cat fur community like they have a lot of cats that are comfortable doing that but like for those that aren't you know a backpack is where they spend most of the time even being outdoors so that's something that they need to have space um but also privacy from um people being like is that a cat yeah so mm-hmm. people are trying to reach in and stuff like that so I think it's yeah it's a very big area that um needs a lot of improvement I would say yeah 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 definitely it's um it definitely is. You just gave me like maybe one day we can have a cat backpack that expands as your cat grows. <laughs> that would right be cool. I don't down. know how they yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so thank you so much for joining us, Keith. It's been amazing. Like we've learned so much about photography, about um, different techniques that we can take and tech. And I've learned so much on, on my own. So um, I'm sure that our community will really appreciate you taking the time to help us all out. Um, where can we follow you and um, Furry Munchkin's pet photography online? Yeah, um, so 
Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, so it's uh, Furry Munchkins Photography because there wasn't enough space to put pet photography in there. So um, that's where you can find me mainly. Um, and Facebook is just Furry Munchkins Pet Photography, um, all spaces. And my website will be furrymunchkins.com.au. Um, and that's, yeah, I'll reply to you guys very quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. Like it was a real treat being able to to talk to you, Hasara, and just, you know, think like trying to answer some of the questions that the, the community has. And I think it's such an awesome community and, and just seeing all these people who really love their cats and wanting to give their cats the world and the best um, by being outside in a safe way. I think that's so important. So, yeah, looking forward to see huge and really big things that you guys um, are coming up, up with. Oh, thank you. That's such a lovely, <laughs> lovely thing to say. I really appreciate it. And um, what we'll do is we'll put all those links to your social media and your website on um, in our show notes, as well as any other links that we talked about today. So um, those YouTube videos and stuff like that. And the show notes will be available at www.catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. And thank you so much for listening today. It would really mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe on um, to the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to this podcast. And it'll help us continue to get some awesome guests on the show who will be able to keep inspiring you and give you some awesome advice on exploring with your kitties. And we would also love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So feel free to screenshot this episode on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and at Ferry Munchkins Photography and let us know what your main takeaways are and what you think of the episode. And if you're on Twitter, feel free to tweet your thoughts to us at Cat Explorers. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. And that's it for today. So we'll catch you next time. And in the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world. <laughs>